Hello, and welcome to Ray's Reactions podcast number one. Right, where shall I begin? Well, um, I'm new to podcasts, but I have seen them advertised. I've seen so many people wanting to create their own podcasts and after this entire pandemic and these last couple of years it's a great source of entertainment it's a great source of relaxation and it's just it's an opportunity just to to while away the time by listening to someone else I guess with with the whole lockdowns and everything else people some people have been locked away on their own and and I, and I hope if if anything any podcast from from any genre will give something to someone and for me it's it's a it's a way of I suppose release and my thoughts and opinions on the world but not just on everything in the world. It'll be about TVs, movies, and pretty much the entertainment industry. So what I will start off with each podcast is the request that everyone has a nice cup of tea. I enjoy a nice cup of tea as often as I can. Um... And then I'll get down to what I'm reacting to. Um, But before I do that, I just want to give you a bit of insight into who I am and where I'm from. So, my name is Ray and I used to have a YouTube channel where Ray's Reactions... um, was my reactions to movie trailers and I did that for a a couple of years and before lockdown I stepped away from that because I was busy with work and and, and family and other things so I didn't really concentrate on it as much more as I hoped at the time I would continually do but by doing this podcast I hope that I can relay my, my same reactions on this platform as opposed to the channel. Um, I'm a big film fan, um, with the exception of the cinemas having been shut for as long as they have been. Um, I ventured to the cinemas and it's it's something I love to do. And I'm a in terms of being a big film fan, I have tried to step into that into that industry myself. On more than one occasion, um, I enjoy writing scripts in my spare time. Um, I've done extra work on a TV series and and a film, and I've also ventured into making my own short horror movie, um, which I've sent off to festivals and 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 I've been successful in in winning a festival. In America, and also being uh, a runner-up, a semi-finalist in America as well. So, I'm—I've had those sort of fifteen minutes, as it were. Not even fifteen, really. Probably five. <laughs> um, but I just hope that whoever does listen to this podcast, and I hope many people do, 
um, that you find some enjoyment out of it. Because it's, it's just something to do. It's something nice to do. I think, for me, my reactions, just like anyone else's, um, can be voiced, can be heard by people. You might enjoy them, you might dislike them, but I think podcasts are the way of the world at the moment. And I think everyone is is not jumping on that bandwagon and, and trying to get their own their own podcast released and get as popular as anything. If this becomes popular, fantastic. If it doesn't and you know only a few people listen to it, then I appreciate that. I really do. Either way. But it's something I I would like to do on a regular basis now and I think I find it comforting and I hope that my listeners do too so first reactions well it has to be for me my first reaction this week is not so much in the world of films it's in the world of television and it's a drama series and it's line of duty Now, if you are an avid viewer of Line of Duty, and you have been for the last several years, if not longer, then you'll know, obviously, my reaction on this podcast is relating to the finale of Series 6. Now, I'm not going to say any spoilers on this reaction. Um, I think it best not to, because... What tends to happen with any reaction video or reaction to anything is that people will, more often than not, they'll come out with a spoiler. And if someone hasn't watched that episode, that film, that trailer, or 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 heard that news, then it will fall flat because obviously they haven't viewed it or seen it or watched it or read it yet. So for me, my reaction is regarding the reaction to the finale from the fans and from those who took their time out to watch that final episode and so mine is really a reaction of the reactions and it fell flat for so many people now the writer and creator of the series Jed Mercurio he started it Many, many years ago, and it was it was first broadcast on BBC Two, the first series, and it gained momentum pretty much through the end of series two into series three, um, and then obviously going on to BBC One, it then became more and more popular. And I think what people have not taken into consideration from watching the finale of series six is the effort and time that the the series creator has put into the program. We'll talk about the actors in just a minute, but in terms of the the arc and the storylines, that itself can't be ignored and it can't be refuted because Jed Mercurio is by far one of the most outstanding writers of our time. And we can excuse the fact of the other programmes he's been involved with, like Bodyguard and, and and even the most recent James Nesbitt series, Bloodlines, but we're talking about not only an author, but the writer of a series that was so intricately written 
and so well developed over such a long period of time that you can imagine the pressure that was on this man's shoulders on what he had to do in order to develop and conclude such a, a long, long ongoing arc of a story. Now, it probably didn't start off that way. And many writers often suggest that it doesn't. But what I found um, from all the years of, of, of myself trying to write scripts, and I say try because every writer will always insinuate that they try as opposed to do, um, is they will create the world in which they're writing. And it will all be there in one form or another. If you're writing a, a program or you're writing a short story or you're writing, you're creating a character, you're going to create that world around them, but you're always going to think two steps ahead. And in Jed's case, he's presumably 17 feet in front with, with, every, with every character's arc and where they're actually leading to. And I can't for one moment not think that when he wrote that first series that he didn't, once it had been commissioned and it was being filmed, that he had no doubt in his mind that, right, I need to create further developments, further stories and have an, an end in sight for where all of this is going to end up. Now, the world in itself will, will support that. As you would write a story that in depth, there's going to be things within the world which you're going to focus on and you're going to relate to and you're going to include in your writing. And I think that what he's done there, he's, over the years, is he's obviously been very inclusive of that within his story developments. Every series obviously has its different character stories and it has individual um, character characters within each series you still have ac12 you still have ted hastings you still have steve and you still have kate fleming but with each series the way he's connected them all together he could have created something entirely different and he could have created completely different stories of corruption through every series he developed but he was onto a winner by connecting them from the beginning. And, in, and as it got more and more popular, he had to find a way of connecting it to the end. And that can't have been easy. Not with the extreme responses that was flagged up in, in, in the news and... And the fans just got so strong with their beliefs of who was who in the series and who was pulling the strings and who the villains were that it just got more and more and more and more popular. So he had to come up with a more legitimate ending or more understanding ending as opposed to an explosive action-packed ending. You know, this wasn't this is a series that wasn't on a cinema screen. This was a program on television 
that was gaining millions and millions of viewers with every series. So the pressure's there for him to really, really take control of this. And really come up with a satisfying ending, but not only to the the audience and to the viewers, but to to himself. Because as the writer, are you appealing to the fans' demands or are you appealing to your own? Because he's always probably had the concept of who the villain was going to be, who the main person was going to be, and the main person being the fourth man or H, as it inevitably became to be known. But he always had that person in mind. And if it was revealed too early and, you know, he can't control the fandom of the series. He can't control how popular it can be. And let's not forget, with every series, I think one of the things that people don't point out the most, and yes, we're going to get to the actors in just a minute and the acting for the series, but there's one thing that people have not pointed out, and that is the production side of the series. The style in which it is filmed, the style in which it is edited, the style of music composed for the series. All of that builds up such momentum within every episode that it becomes more and more interesting. If you didn't have the music, the compositions to accompany the scenes, if you didn't have the editing as strong as it was, or the even let's get to the actors, if you didn't have the acting abilities of the lead three characters, then it becomes a mute point. A series is only as good as its writing. A film is only as good as its writing. But you've got so much more to add to that. So much more to make it what it is. And for me, that's what Line of Duty was about. My reaction to Line of Duty is I followed it on and off over a period of time. I wasn't um, a, you know, a firm fan of the series like so many other people were. Um, when it came about with Series 5, I became more familiar with it. So I retraced my steps like so many people did. And I watched it um, in quick succession. Not without concentrating on it, but I watched it by going back to Series 1 and watching it all in one go. And again, that's another thing which makes it more and more appealing. You know, you have the lights of Netflix and you have the box sets that are available and when a series comes out and sometimes when it comes out on on television or or, or on Netflix it's available straight there whole series boom you, you can watch it straight in all in one go but with with Line of Duty you know the BBC done something fantastic there and it was one episode a week and you had to wait for that next next episode so the anticipation was built even more and that's on top of the writing, on top of the development and the editing and the producing, uh, sorry, the pr- production of the series. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful program. You know, I've, I've, I've seen many, many TV series over the years, but this was one of the best. And if Jed does create a seventh series and he continues that arc, it's going to be very, very difficult. Because it's built up so much to such a level 
where when that finale finished on Sunday, everyone's reactions were so mixed and so varied because they got it into their own minds what they thought the ending would be. And not only that, they shared it. And they looked into it so so specifically with so many little tidbits within the series oh you know this pen knocked on the table four times is obviously Morse code obviously is it's obviously what the writer was intending to do and and making us trying to notice not necessarily no you know how must the writer feel when he's writing a series a story that in you know that, that, that so involved that the focal point becomes a pen being knocked on the table four times. Listen to the words, not so much the actions. And again, the credibility to the acting in the series, um, you know, Craig Parkinson and and Gregory Piper and, you know, Keely Hawks and and, and not forgetting Lenny James right from the get-go, fantastic actors in the series. Fantastic. And... It couldn't have been as good without everybody and everything being involved. But it should not make people feel deflated at the end. The appreciation should still be there for everybody involved. The appreciation should be there for the writer and his attributes to such a a long outstanding series and a well-deserved award-winning one, I should think. There should be more awards for the likes of programmes as good as that. That's my reaction anyway. (laughs) And that brings me neatly to TV drama. TV drama as a whole on TV at the moment is so widespread and... It's it's worrying that there aren't enough programmes on TV that you have to wait each individual week for. For me, having to watch this current six series week on week out and wait for the episodes has been a dream, as it has been for so many other people, I can imagine. Yes, it's lovely to sit and binge watch an entire season of a program, but you know that 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 and that waiting for that episode. Oh, I've got so many days left, and everyone's talking about it at work and at home and everything else. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. We need more of that. We need more of that on television. I mean, it's something I'm actually going to mention on my next podcast in terms of trailers and how they're perceived by people but you need more time to wait for what you don't yet know a series is only good you know only good when you enjoy it at its most and i think it's 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 a very clouded system where you've got everything to hand all at once. Takes the fun out of it. Now, films. I did mention before that I'm a film fan. Um, That I do enjoy 
many movies, um, but I do have a favourite genre of movies, and that's the horror genre. Um, I would say the reason horror is one of my most favourite genres of movies is because it's the it's what I've already spoken about already. It's the anticipation and excitement. It's the not knowing what's going to happen. And horror movies, for me, true horror films, really, really do give you that in droves. I think, and one of my favourite horror films, and it's not everyone's favourite, but it started off, it was sort of the catalyst to so many found footage movies, is The Blair Witch Project. And I wanted just to discuss my reaction on this movie uh, briefly. Um, so this movie was released and it was made with next to no budget with three very unrelatively known actors. And in, in actual fact, when the movie was released, there was so much wide, widespread belief that the movie was actually real because they they couldn't recognise that it wasn't a, you know, an actual made film. It was actually real footage that had been found. Something as simple as that, something as simple as not knowing who the main antagonist is going to be in the film or the TV programme is is the excitement now for Blair Witch if you haven't seen the movie you know this movie came out many many years ago it's you you never see um, the horror of what is being recognised on screen of what is being felt by the lead three actors you know that their hearts are in their mouths not literally but with the fear and shock factor throughout the movie, it's there. And it's felt so much. And I think that there are many, many varieties of 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 filmmakers at the moment who are going back to that sort of filmmaking. And it's very exciting to hear about some of the projects that are coming about like that. Because... You know, I've been to um, quite a few festivals um, for horror films. And you will always get a movie that comes out that doesn't feel so terrifying or horrifying to watch. Because too much money's been put into it. Or or, or there's been way too much added to it to not make it enjoyable. But once in a blue moon, you will find a movie that really frightens you and really entices you to want to see more and I think it's one of those movies that if you sit down for an hour and a half and you watch it you'll be you know pleasantly surprised and not only that it's follow-up movie Blair Witch which was made a few years ago um, added similar elements to that and I and for me was a, a very good contender, a very good follow-up to the original movie. 
and I think people would thoroughly enjoy them. So if you do get a chance and you are a fan of horror movies, then check them two movies out. If anything, watch them back to back. Guys, I'm going to try and keep each podcast to at least half hour. Um, I'm hoping to continue my podcasts uh, week in, week out. And I, again, like I said at the beginning, I will talk about what what are my favourite programmes, my favourite films, and but generally what my reactions will be to 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 the world of entertainment. I will try to also liaise with some people to try and do some podcasts with with friends um, to see what they their thoughts are. Um, but that's a little bit down the road from now so that's the eventuality that I hope to to get to Um, but right now it's just about my reactions from week to week we'll familiarise ourselves with what's going on in the world from that week and then I'll give you a little insight into what I like and what I think you you could react to as well So guys, thank you very much for listening to my first podcast. Um, It's been emotional. And I'm going to now enjoy the rest of my cup of tea. And I'll see you on the next one.